Hey, everybody, we are here with another episode for you, and I'm excited about this one. All right. We have already done a buy low show, and it's time to talk about sell highs. And we have a very special guest joining us today to help deliver this value to you. It's Big Flip Livingstone of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are both going to talk about four sell high candidates that you can maybe trade for some value leading up to the trade deadline. Let's get to biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL today. What is up, everybody? Thank you again so much for tuning in to Fantasy NHL today. I am your host, Blake Creamer. You know what I'm going to say. You need to get your buns over to Twitter.com, all right? And you follow me, at Blake Creamer SE. Come on, all right? That's, I'm just going to, it's just two words from now on. At Blake Creamer SE, come on, all right? That's what we need. I need some more followers, all right? I need validation. Um, also, can you please, for the love of Pete, Go over and give me a five-star rating. Again, even if you don't like it, right? Just, just you know, it costs you nothing. Just just go over there, hit a five-star. Let's get to biz, all right? Um, and as I mentioned, we do have a very special guest on today's show, and it's none other than Flip Livingstone of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Flip, thanks so much for making the time. I know you guys are busy over there. What's going on with you? Hey, man, thanks for being Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, like what you're doing, Blake. I appreciate your takes. You were just on our show. So we're just trying to reciprocate this good fantasy love for all the listeners out there. And I hey, so far, if you've been paying attention to Blake's show, you should be doing a little bit better in the fantasy hockey realm. I don't know overall what you're doing. But yeah, man, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. My man, yes. Uh, appreciate your time so much. Um, yeah, before we get going here, what's uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Where where can we find you with your, all your socials and stuff and, and the Locked On podcast and all that? Yeah, for sure. You can find the show at Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Uh, that's, you know, across Twitter. We have our podcast out there on YouTube, Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast. Anywhere you find your favorite content, just like this show. And yeah, me at Flips Picks on Twitter. Yeah, give me a follow if you like the uh, fantasy and gambling takes. That's what we do on our podcast. So, it'll be smooth, Jimmy's luck of the week. Follow this man. Get your buns over there. We talked about it. All right. Just, you know, you don't need to go out on hikes. You don't need to go out and just live your life that way. What you do is you sit down in front of the computer and you just mess around for eight hours straight. And that's what I do. Am I right, Flip? Mm-hmm. It happens, pal. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. That's uh, my back is developing a mighty hump. So that's uh, that's where we're at with that. All right. Um, Flip, well, I got you. I'm, I was actually interested. In how did you get into fantasy, my man? Because this is a, it is kind of a niche thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's well, not be, not niche very much anymore. It's definitely growing in the uh, legalized legalization of gambling in Ontario and other provinces obviously opens up that whole daily fantasy angle and betting, which it, it goes hand in hand, in my opinion. Right. And I think you're going to see even more investment and opportunities for this this gambling side of fantasy. And uh, yeah, I've been doing fantasy hockey since even before I was of the legal age of gambling. I've been doing now fantasy and sports content for a long, long time. So uh, what got me into it is I just, I'm passionate about sports and the fact that you can put a little money where your mouth is sometimes. That's what really intrigues me. 
Absolutely, my guy. And and Locked On, I think you guys, you have a bit of an edge over some of the other podcasts that I listen to just because you have that gambling aspect. You have that DFS aspect. <laughs> like that's that's not, uh, I don't see that in a lot of podcasts. So, and, and you guys are doing that five days a week. So I love that stuff. You got to go check these guys out. It's a no-brainer, all right, if you want to crush your opponents, which, of course, we all do, right? <laughs> so um, another thing I did want to just say quickly about Locked On is these guys are pumping out five episodes a week. How, how are you doing that, my guy? What, what's, what's going on? Yeah, you know, being a part of the network is, you know, it's a, it comes with the benefits of having that promotion, but that's what the requirements are for the, you know, the deal we have with Locked On is – Five episodes a week, we bring, you know, there's a lot of shows, even the other shows that you're a part of, Blake, have a lot more in-depth analysis. It might be 40 minutes, it might be an hour. You come to our show Monday to Friday for the quick hit analysis, what's going on in the NHL, how it affects your fantasy team, what is going on and what you need to know. And then we hit you with our best bets and the breakdowns every single night. So you get a little, not to steal a Tim and Sid reference, but you get a little edutainment on our show and hopefully a little bit of, uh, you know, advice to make some money every single night. Yeah, absolutely, my guy. That is awesome. And, and you can use that. You gave the credit, so so there you go. You're fine. There you um, go. Yeah. Um, Hot tip. So- Exactly. Um, but I love this stuff. Honestly, uh, exactly what he said. These these episodes are like 30, 35 minutes. So, you know, more than enough time for you to get that in on your drive. So so get over there for sure. Um, I was fortunate enough to just join him uh, very recently uh, last week or I don't remember. Yeah, last yep. week. And just speaking yep. on some underrated players. They're doing a little series right now. Underrated uh, goalies, right wing, left wing, center mm-hmm. and uh, and all that stuff. So you got to go over there and check it out. OK, yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out who you got on your list here, Flip. Um, I'm going to explain sort of what we're doing. We, we each are bringing three sell highs to the table. All right. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into what that means. But before that, you know, we got to talk about some NHL news. All right. News. 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 Oh, yeah. So um, we will. We got obviously a big story that I'm, I'm excited to talk about. But before that, we'll get into just a, a little bit of injury news. And and if you got any other stuff here, flip, go ahead and jump in. But Lead uh, the way, brother. yeah, you, you guys have talked about this on your pod. But Cam Talbot, obviously being out for the Senators, um, I read uh, just on Twitter here that he might not even be ready after the All Star break. So I think Anton Forsberg is an ad. I think. You know, he, Ottawa's been playing better as of late, and Forsberg's numbers in particular have been really good. So, Cats mm-hmm. leagues, you know, even if you're not getting the wins, he's still going to give you some reasonable save percentage, shots against, goals against, whatever your categories are. So, I don't know what's what's your take on on uh, Forsberg there. I think what a lot of people also have to remember about Cam Talbot in specific, this man's 35 years old. Right. You know, that's young in the uh, regular world, but talking about pro sports, 35, he is an aged veteran and he has some games on this body. So when I hear, you know, after the all-star break, this is also a very tough season for the Ottawa Senators. That might be, who knows when he comes back realistically. That's how I look Mm -hmm. at that news. Number one. And Anton Forsberg was a guy who got a lot of run out last season, uh, Blake, and he performed very well this season, the start of it, Very disappointing overall because I thought I was going to see a 50-50 split between him and Cam Talbot. Talbot was injured, so he had to have that run out. Then he comes back, Talbot, and takes the crease away from Forsberg. I think this is a huge opportunity. He has two good games, three good games already in his pocket after the injury to Talbot again. And I think even just by de facto, 
the Ottawa Senators are going to be a lot better. Say what you will about what's going on. Some big time injuries. I think Anton Forsberg for sure worth a look. Yep, absolutely agree. Like I said, I think he's an ad for sure. Pick him up. All right. Um, some other injury news, uh, just some odds and ends here. Um, Tage Thompson right now is day to day with an upper body mm-hmm. injury, but he's supposed to, you know, supposedly back, um, you know, after the break. So again, just something to keep an eye on. Obviously he's the, he's the engine that's driving that offense there. That top line in Buffalo is going nuts. I know one of your favorites, Alex Tuck is killing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with this guy, did, did you see Tage Thompson coming at all this year? I'll be honest. I was one of the guys that if this, you know, he's had a good chance to develop himself in the NHL and he's really a late bloomer. You know, he's been in the NHL for a number of seasons now. I don't think many people saw this one coming. If you're going to say he did, I really need to hear the explanation because last year he was good. And this year, it's just also the the benefit of the situation he's in in Buffalo. I think Buffalo doesn't get a lot of love overall for, you know, a number of reasons. But they have a lot of really good young pieces offensively. Again, say what you will about the defensive end of the rink. But offensively, Buffalo has been elite this year, and he's obviously turning the page. But to answer your, you know, long, long answer, really long here for you, Blake. I didn't see it coming. He's been special. This could be huge, though, for fantasy owners if he's out because he has been so, so good. Yeah, absolutely. This guy, is he's a potential league winner this year because you probably got him, you know, 125 overall, something like that. You know what's interesting? I remember when he got signed and – it was a it was a bit of a head scratcher. Like they were obviously thinking towards the future, right? Like, okay, let's lock this guy up. They obviously knew something we didn't, right? Be, because they one thing about Tage Thompson in Buffalo, uh, Blake, they might know a lot in Buffalo. There's a lot of really good young pieces. And Dylan Cousins, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck. That Jack Eichel trade has really turned out yeah. for them as well. Not a lot of people talking about that. It's Buffalo, right? They don't get a lot of love. It's a bit of a you know, media blackout zone. I don't know what it is. People don't want to give the Sabres or that franchise love, but you're spot on right about it. Well, what a difference a year makes too, right? Like, uh, you know, going into the season, like, oh, they're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, no question. Mm-hmm. And now you look at the roster and you're like, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, uh, you know, Cousins, Dahlien, Owen Power is playing well. What, you know, yeah. UPL in, in goal is starting to play well. No like, one even talking about Owen Power as well, who is obviously maybe not coming along fantasy-wise what we wanted to see. This guy is a very good young player and a very good NHLer already. The Buffalo Sabres are, I'm telling you, one or two pieces away from being good for multiple seasons. Yeah, it's looking that way. I totally agree. It, it'll In be my interesting opinion, to see. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to see if they do anything at the trade deadline to try and bolster that team because obviously, offensively, they're they're killing right now. You know, their defense is young and their goalies are inexperienced, right? So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm a big fan. That team is fun to watch, and Tage Thompson Agreed. is leading the way. The guy's a freaking unicorn out there. Like, what are you doing? The guy's like seven yeah. feet tall. Yeah, and the hands on him is really yeah. what can, continues to impress. Is he really does look like he can dangle in a phone booth? He has that patience for a guy his size. His hands are surprisingly soft, silky mitts. All right, mm-hmm. let's agree on that's that. the name of the bar. Blake and I are opening yeah. a new bar. It's Silky Mitts. Let's go. Like, welcome to Silky Mitts. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah. could go a couple different ways with that. That's nice. Yeah, but, uh, you definitely could. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have some hockey going on there. That's that sounds good. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, another injury news: Matt Murray is going to be out um, mm-hmm. till after the All Star break, and potentially this is kind of a, the same as Cam Talbot. Um, 
you know, the news isn't exactly great for them. Like um, there's a lot of question marks there. So again, Samsonov or Samsonov needs to be rostered hundred percent. He should be in most leagues anyway, but right now he's going to get, he's going to get all the work. So I think that's an ad. If he's available in your league, you got to pick him up. Most definitely. Most definitely. There's he was already starting to take the crease a little bit and Matt Murray had been solid, but at a closer look over the last couple of games, you know, big time game against the Boston Bruins a couple of Saturdays ago where the Leafs actually lost and should have won that game. Matt Murray could have come up with some bigger saves. It almost looks like he might have been Mm -hmm. dealing with his injury for a couple of weeks is what I'm trying to get at, Blake. But this situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs now is starting to get very intriguing. Austin Matthews is now out. Let's see what happens. If you're a fantasy cat, you've got to be keeping your eye on these situations. But I'm with you, Blake. Samsonov, for sure, in really deep formats. Over the next couple of weeks, if the Leafs have three and four games, they're going to have to run out Eric Schalgren as the backup. You might look there for an immediate, you know, emergency fill-in. Yep, no, totally agree. I mean, the Leafs are are doing well, even without Matthews in the lineup. And, and you know, it, it was given three weeks, said minimum three weeks, which is, I don't like the wording on that, a minimum three weeks. That's kind of like... You know, they won't be that, rushing this player back. They, there's no no reason. Sorry, not to cut you off at all. Oh, no, no, it no. is your show, but you know, being as close to the Toronto market and the team that I am, there, this might be really impactful for Austin Matthews fantasy owners, especially if you're a team in the top three or four, and you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna, you know, stash. Matthews might even be gone more than we expect, and it's not because maybe the injury. But the benefit to the Toronto Maple Leafs of him resting and making sure he is good, they will not be rushing this player back at all. I'm going to say one month at the minimum. It is shit, Austin. Oh, good. Then it's not just me. Okay, no, that's good to hear. Yeah, someone who's who's there in the market. Because my thinking on this, I mean, like, I agree with you. When they say minimum, you, you almost expect more, right? Um, but if we take them at their word, three weeks, that's really, that's only five games. So that's best case scenario. Austin Matthews out five games. But to your point, too, it really feels like this is a strategic move for the Leafs. Like, let's get Austin Matthews healthy for the playoffs, yeah, however long that takes. Right. So if it's a month, 100%. you know, that, that makes sense. So it sucks, though, because I got him in two spots. Come on. Matt, it, he doesn't care about my fantasy teams. All right. And that's very hurtful, Austin Matthews. All right. That's I, hey, man, I, I hear you. And one of the knocks, though, against Austin Matthews, say what you will about the rest of his game. And if you're not saying the nice things and you're not watching enough of it, he has had his injuries. He has been banged up, He t- but also he takes a licking. So this is just one of the things that you get with some of these players. And Austin Matthews, unfortunately, is that important to the ex- success of this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Again, William Nylander, Mitch Marner having stellar, stellar seasons. Austin Matthews is the most important player in that Toronto lineup. And if you're going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which it looks like they will be come a couple of, you know, six to eight weeks from now when we're looking at potential playoff matchups, Blake, this could be huge and they need to rest him properly back from this injury. Yeah, I can't wait. That makes total sense. But come on, my guy, get your buns back on the lineup. All right. I need those. I need those points. Give me some goals. Stop hitting and just get me some goals, will you? Come on. Yeah. Um, all right. And then we got to touch on this. We we aren't going to go uh, too big of a deep dive into this because I want to get to the sell highs. But Bo Horvat of the Vancouver mm. Canucks, of the lowly Vancouver Canucks, uh, has been traded to the New York Islanders for uh, Anthony Beauvillier. 
Um, Atu Ratu, I think is how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. And then a first round pick, protected first round pick in 2023. Yep. So yeah, it's done. The trade is done. I don't know. How, what's, what's your take on this? What do you think this means for Horvat's value and maybe for Beauvillier's value rest of the season? I am not a huge proponent of coming on to my own show or any of the articles that I write or anything and, you know, using someone else's opinion or takes for my own take. But, you know, watching TSN today and, you know, Chris Johnson's on there. They also have, uh, oh, man, the former GM of the Flames is always drives me a blank. Anyway, the guys on TSN today in Canada are talking a lot of sense. This is a win for both franchises. The Vancouver Canucks needed to move on from Bo Horvat. That was clear. It's never been more clear. You've never had franchise heads like Jim Rutherford come out and literally say, this isn't going to work. He doesn't really have a future here. Usually you hear the writings on the wall, yeah. but literally yeah. for it to come from the front office as well. So that's a win. They had to move on. Conditional first round pick. Anthony Beauvillier is a Swiss Army knife type player. He can play a lot of positions and a guy who very much needed to change of scenery. But the big winners here are the New York Islanders, in my opinion. And I think that's obvious. Bo Horvat is having a great season and they've needed a piece. What does this do for his fantasy value, though, Blake? I think we're going to get to that later on today's episode. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that. I don't know. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do like the trade. I mean, uh, it's tough to see Horvat go, but he just priced himself out with the type of season that he's having. So, you know, it, it makes sense. I'm interested to see if the Islanders will be able to sign him because that's an expensive rental for sure. Um, I don't you know. I don't see them not. I really, I really think that he's going to become – they have, I know that the cap space isn't great, but they're going to make it work where he becomes the franchise there. They have only a couple of pieces, you know, Sorokin maybe. They need a guy like Bo Horvat to be the face of the franchise. And it comes to Lou Lamorello, who, again, maybe shouldn't be in his position given how rough it's been and some of the decisions he's made. Prototypical Lou Lamorello player is Bo Horvat. And in, I know in Lou's mind right now, if he can put Horvat as the face and front and center of this franchise, regardless if he sticks around, he thinks that's the move. And I think that is what will happen. Yeah. Fun fact on this. Uh, when Horvat was drafted by the Canucks, uh, that was a pick that was traded with New Jersey when Lamorello was the, was the GM there, there for go. Corey Schneider. And now Corey Schneider plays on the Islanders as well. So look a little, you know, reunited and it, yeah, he's on the roster. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah, in there. Hey. He, he does hey, stuff. I don't know. That redheaded right. beauty. Yeah, he, he might be doing something, but it's not playing much hockey. I'll tell you that. That's right. I mean, he's a mentor, maybe. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's credit to Sorokin's uh, game right there. Corey Schneider in the background. Mm. Hooking him mm, up. I don't go. know where I'm going with this. All right. That's okay. Let's get the biz. Yeah, we'll talk about this a little later. So that is done. Let's start the conversation regarding sell high players. All right. And before we sure. get into it, I wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer um, just about sell highs and what I think a sell high is and, and jump in anytime here, Flip. No, I think you're accurate with this take, Blake. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, just because we say that a player is a sell high, that doesn't mean you have to move off that player, okay? So mm. take this with a grain of salt. We're just showing you players that maybe are overachieving a bit or doing something that is unsustainable that may regress down to the mean. Okay. So, you know, honestly, in most cases, sell highs are, are hard to do trades, right? So you might not be able to move these players. So just, if you can't just enjoy the production, right there, these, these players we're talking about are cooking. So um, again, we're just trying to identify players that are overachieving 
And also, um, one thing about sell high trades, they can hurt sometimes, right? Because you're getting rid of a player that is performing well. And yeah, they're risky, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, they aren't for the faint of heart, right? Um, So if you pull off a sell high, just, you know, you got to think full season, you got to think holistically, you know, you're not just looking at the next week and you know, someone goes off. Meanwhile, you're, you're waiting on a guy that's, you know, trying to put it together here. So you need to be thinking about the whole season as opposed to whoever's hot at the moment. All right. So I'm going to give you my first sell high pick and then flip. will get into yours. Uh, my first sell high player is big Ziggy, Trevor Zegris. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. All right. So let's do, I'll, I'll give you some, I'll show you some of the advanced stats that I like to use flip and just to sort of value players and kind of see where we're at with Trevor Zegers. I'm interested to hear your take as well. So, yeah. So Trevor Zegers uh, having a great season, obviously, and a, and a really good last little bit here. He's, he's got 42 points in 50 games. That's uh, that's on 18 goals, 24 assists. Very nice. 12 power play points, Uh, but he's got 11 points in his last eight games. He's hot. Right. Um, so some of the advanced stats I like to look into, um, these, these numbers are all at 5v5, right? So even strength, five, uh, 5 versus 5, okay? I like to do that because when you, when you throw power play numbers in there, it really skews the numbers, right? If it's even strength, we're just looking at what this player is bringing to the table, you know, when everything is all equal, right? So for, on 5v5, um, season numbers for Trevor Zegers, he's 219th in the league in shots on goals per 60, all right? That's not good, right? He's 134th in individual Corsi 4 per 60. So putting shots towards the net, on and towards the net. And he's 170th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So those are his rate stats season long. But let's like, I wanted to look at how he's been doing lately in his last five games. Same uh, metrics here, 5v5. In his last five games, he's 41st in the league in shots on goal per 60. So big change there. 30th uh, overall in the league in individual Corsi four per 60 and 19th overall in individual scoring chances for that's in the league in the last five games. Right. So that's, that, that's something to take notice of. Right. So when I'm talking about sell highs, I'm not saying Zegris isn't doing well and you need to move off of him. Right. But to me, these advanced numbers show um, that he's currently driving a ton of offense for the ducks. And if you compare that to his season long numbers, which we did, it's in stark contrast. Right. Um, one thing that I like to look at when I'm looking at players that are overachieving or maybe doing something unsustainable is their shooting percentage and Trevor Zegers over the last five True. games, he's cook, he's cooking at 25%. All right. It, which is definitely, you know, it's not normal for him. It's unsustainable, right? His, his career average is 12.4. Um, his shooting percentage this season overall is 14.8, but right now he's cooking at 25. So he's obviously converting at a higher rate than what is normal for him. Right. So I think I would expect that current pace to slow down. So some of those goals will go away. Um, but what my, my last thing on Zegers here is that he's also a good name in the sport. He's a well-known name, right? And sometimes these names have value, right? So for me, I would take when Zegers is hot like this and, and he's also on Anaheim, right? So I, I expect, you know, this hot streak to mm-hmm. maybe dissipate a little bit, right? You know, once Anaheim starts playing some, some better teams, right? But, um, yeah, I would kick some tires with some other fantasy GMs and just offer up Zegers and see what you can do, right? And I, what I did as well with my picks here, and, and let me know what your thoughts on this uh, flip, but mm-hmm. uh, players I might try to target. So in points leagues, um, Zegers is ranked higher, obviously, because he doesn't hit, he doesn't block, so he's got a higher rank in points leagues. Mm-hmm. I would look at a player like, can you get Sam Reinhardt for Trevor Zegers? 
Can you get Alex Debrinkit? Interesting. Maybe Matt Boldy. Like those are players that I think are going to have a better rest of season value than Zegers moving forward. So mm. and they and they might and they're ranked kind of in the same area, maybe even a little lower, right? So yeah, those are players I look at. And for cats leagues, I like you know maybe try Lekkonen, Kempe, Reinhardt again. I, I do. You think love the Lekkonen. You love I yourself love, some Lekkonen. You know that I love Arturi yeah. Lekkonen, right? This yeah. I've been singing this man's praises all season, and sometimes he <laughs> makes me look good, and sometimes he makes me look like a dingus, but. But that's fine. So, again, you, if you can't move Zegris, you just enjoy the production. He's going to finish strong, no question. Just not this strong. I don't know. What's your take on that? Phil? Yeah, for me, there's a lot of good things. Actually, I really appreciate your statistical dive into it, Blake. And I I am not as heavy into analytics as maybe you are. For me, I, you know, I maybe call it old school, maybe call it one-sided. But for me, it really is. It's not even the eye test. It's just watching hockey. Watch mm-hmm. what is going on with Trevor Zegers and watch what's going on with the Anaheim Ducks. And for me, what you're saying holds water. I just don't know if I fully agree with it overall. Is he a sell high target? Yes, for sure. Would I sell high on Trevor Zegers? This is where I come in with the caveat. And the caveat for all of my targets today is I'm looking at these as a sell high and most definitely in dynasty leagues in keeper leagues if this is a year-to-year league i might hold on to trevor zegris because what i've seen and everything you're saying holds water i'm not even i can't even disagree with it i just think he has enough talent if he's been getting it done this far and he's heating up i would like to see what the rest of the season holds i would just be more upset if i gave up on him now even though the numbers are indicating it might be the move which i agree with you there and then see him continue to go off. I don't know. This Anaheim Ducks is the wrinkle that really adds it all for me to make it. I don't know what's going on. That's how bad they are. The fact <laughs> that Trevor Zegers has been able to do what he has done over the last two seasons. Again, I don't know if I'd want to give up on that because what happens when this Ducks team starts to really figure it out and improve and they will. That's why I might not give up on him. But again, it depends what format you're in. If you're trying to win your league this year and it's a year to year, I think I'm going more with you, Blake. Whereas if it's a year over year and a dynasty thing, I might be holding on to Trevor Zegers. But I like your target. I like it. I appreciate that breakdown. Oh, absolutely. Do not get rid of Trevor Zegers in a dynasty league. All right. This man's going to be a beauty. (laughs) You see, this is why sometimes these caveats with fantasy, because people Mm -hmm. come on and we get a lot of heat for some of our takes. And it's what happens when you do it five days a week. You got to throw out these caveats, Blake. You got to throw out these caveats. (laughs) Well, it's good. You you keep me honest here, buddy. Um, So yeah, let's, let's, let's hear one of yours, man. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to try and keep this short and sweet because I think you really hit the, the preamble on the head is, some of these players that are at peak value. And I look at Eric Carlson and people are going to be like, Blake, who are you having on your show? This guy is top 10 in points. He's having a resurgent year. He might not, might even be nominated for a Norris. That's how good he's been. But when you look at the numbers before, and again, when you've looked at what Eric Carlson's been able to do, this man has been seriously banged up and very injured. And that's no fault to his own. But the fact that he's able to bring this production level right now, he will never touch this production level again. And I'm saying that with confidence. And that's just because of how good he has been so far. So when I look at a sell high opportunity, Eric Carlson right now for me sits right at the top of the list. And hey, 16 goals, 50 assists for 66 points in 51 games. Why would you want to sell high on a guy? 
Maybe you're out of it. Maybe you're moving on from this position and you're looking to move for the forward in a keeper dynasty league. You want to sell high on Eric Carlson right now when next year he might not be bringing you this value. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be a tough sell high in a dynasty league with Eric Carlson because I don't know who's mm. going to want to take him on unless it's like a person who's in third or second who wants to this get what I mean. to the top, right? Down that the makes stretch total, or that a guy who's sense. got a defensive injury over the next couple of weeks here who needs that bump. Maybe you get a first overall or a first round draft pick even. I just think the assets that you could get with Eric Carlson right now, it's sky high. Absolutely. And I, I think I do agree with you that he's a sell high, even in, in, uh, in regular leagues, you know, year to year leagues, because mm-hmm. uh, like uh, this to me is too high. The, 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 he's on a 106 point pace. Like this is That's not, just, he's never done and, this before. So and when, well, when he was close to doing it, he was a young man who was healthy and now he's, you know, still a young man. Again, I'm talking about hockey, young men, 40 points in 2020. Yeah. Just, 22 just points. 35 points and now we're at 66 already Uh, this is just a little bit of an anomaly also though he gets dealt to another team Mm -hmm. and his numbers start to come down and he starts to play for a contender who doesn't play as much run and gun offense as the san jose sharks do uh he not he might not be getting as many peripheral assists as well blake so we got to keep that as a factor because the san jose sharks will be selling off all assets timo meyer kevin lebank and otherwise yeah, and that's a really key point to me thinking this guy's a sell high is because, um, first off, I think the reason why, one of the reasons why his production has gone way up is Brent Burns was moved, right? Mm. So instead of 1A, 1B, now he's just number one and there's no one even close. Like yeah. he's the option on the back end. He's driving the offense. And he has done this before, not 106 point pace, but I mean, he's had some amazing seasons. He's an elite defenseman. He's only 32, which is getting a little old. And the main point there is he is banged up. He's just it's injury the injuries. Prone. You know, he's the old yeah. man's 32. 32 yeah. is, you know, not old, but just the amount of serious, yeah, that, that ankle is hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And that's a fact. <laughs> that's like literally he's had bone shaved off of bone. This just is, to me, the spot you sell high on Eric Carlson because he's never coming back to this good. Yeah, I don't mind it. Who would you try and get for Eric Carlson? Who, who do you think is a good trade target for Eric Carlson? Like another defenseman, maybe. Or that is forward. a yeah. very good question, Blake. Put you on the to spot me, here. that's also it's a very subjective one because it depends yeah. on what, what need you're trying to fill. Um, actually, if I'm, if, you know, you really highlighted this fact. If you are moving on from Eric Carlson, maybe your season is already done. I'd be looking at a couple of first round draft picks. I would be looking at, you know, in keeper dynasty leagues like my own, you can trade picks. That's a big time thing. Yeah. Or I'd be looking for a young body. I'd be looking for maybe, you know, you're not going to get Rasmus Dahlin, but maybe you can go and get one of those second tier elite blue liners. And if you're talking about it, that's where you got to sell high on this guy. And I, I think he really fits the bill for sell high players. Yep. Absolutely agree, my man. I like that pick. Thank you. All right, let's move, let's move on. I got a young man named Ryan Nugent Hopkins is my second Perfect. sell high. All right. And, and he's having a great season, right? So again, just, just remember these players we're talking about, we're, we're not saying you get rid of them. We're saying you, you maybe kick tires and see if you can extract value from the other, uh, from the other fantasy Andrews. Exactly. Or fill a need, right? So um, let's, let's dig a little deep dive into RNH here. So 60 points in the last 50 games. 22 goals, 38 assists. What what the hell is this? Uh, 32 power play points in, in 50 games. Like, 
my goodness, that, that's that's unreal, right? Uh, that's unreal stuff by RNH, no question. Mm-hmm. So let's look at some of these same numbers that I talked about with Zegris. So season long, he's 350th overall in shots on goal per 60. That's bad. All right. He's 420th overall in individual Corsi four per 60. Also bad. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's 278th overall in individual scoring chances per, per 60 for the season. All right. So what this says to me is like, he, he's, he's not driving offense here. He's, he's kind of a supplementary piece to what's going on there in Edmonton. And again, this is even strength, right? So it makes sense when you look at 32 power play points, you take those away. This is what we're left with, right? These mm. on even strength. That's what we're looking at. And he's not doing much even strength, right? right. So last five uh, games that he's had. So he's had seven points in the last five games. Pretty nice, right? He's just plugging along the way he has been all season. Mm-hmm. But in the last five games at even strength, 540th in shots on goal per 60. Even worse, 580th in individual Corsi 4, and then 425th in individual scoring chances per 60. So his his stats, his uh, under the hood is even worse in the last five games when he's got these points, right? So, uh, and add on to that, he's third in the league in the last five games in second assists, right? So second assists is kind of a subjective stat, but I don't know, it kind of helps in this case. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, hey, just give it to Dreisaitl. Give it to McDavid and just take the point. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think yep. that sometimes that's what's happening with RNH. So, um, you know, he's always been a big power play guy, uh, Nugent Hopkins, but he's obviously mm-hmm. taken that to another level this year, comparing this season to others, a big indicator of why his numbers are so good this season again is his shooting percentage, right? Um, you know, it, it just makes sense. He's up at 19% when last season he was at 7%. All right. That's huge. All right. So again, advanced numbers show a guy who is supplementing very talented players to me and he's reaping the rewards and he's cashing in on the power play offensively. Anyway, Um, he's doing all of his damage there at even strength. He's barely creating anything. Right. So um, as I did with Zegras, I'll give you kind of my picks. So first off in standard cats leagues, um, RNH is ranked 24th overall, which is crazy because you probably got this guy in the hundreds, well into the hundreds, right? He's 24th overall in standard cats leagues and nine, nine cat category leagues in points leagues. Um, he's 23rd. What the, you know, so he's, he's just crushing right now. So to me, this guy has a lot of value. What can we get for him? Right. Can we get someone who maybe during draft season, we thought was going to be a little bit better because if it holds true that Nugent Hopkins regresses a little bit, can we maybe target someone like Tim Stutzla? Um, Fiala, maybe? Could we get Fiala? Would you do Fiala for Nugent Hopkins? I I don't know. Given how actually how hot Fiala has been, though, I probably would. But to me, that might be a very, like, you know, it's kind of an equilateral move here, mm-hmm. a lateral move. I, I just don't know. What you're saying, though, about Ryan Nugent Hopkins is for me spot on and a player that I think a lot of people also forget. This is a first overall draft pick. Yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had maybe almost the disadvantage of playing down the depth chart at center with the Edmonton Oilers over the last number of years, where I really do think again, just a botch job with the opportunity the Edmonton Oilers have been handed, you know, from Taylor Hall's mismanagement all yep. the way down through, but that's not what today's episode is about for Blake show. I'm with you, though, here. I think you can get a lot for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't know what the piece would be. I don't know if Kevin Fiala would even just be, a you know, maybe a peripheral move. To me, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you package him together 
and you're really going to get the value out of him because there is not a lot of buzz around his name when really there should be when you look into his numbers like he has been very steady over his career and maybe not living up to the hype I think that's fair to say as a first overall but this is a steady 55 65 point man in the NHL and those are valuable I just to me his name doesn't really bring that ton of value where you mentioned off the top some of these sell high names really bring some of that buzz and you can capitalize it as a fantasy GM yeah to me Ryan Nugent Hopkins needs to be packaged that's how I'd be looking to maximize his value yeah, absolutely. And when you're trying to get a trade done, I don't know about you, Flip, but mm. you know, I always try and reference kind of their ranking, right? Like where they are sure. in the in the, with the league settings you're in, right? So, and to me, Ryan Nugent Hopkins being ranked 24th in Cats leagues mm. is is uh, huge. The, the reason he's ranked so high is because of his power play points, obviously. And right. um, you know, that's that's really it. <laughs> so, um, could you package him together with someone else to get someone who's maybe cold right now, but who to mm. me is a better uh, fantasy player like Timo Meyer, right? Meyer's only got one point in his last four games. Are, are this, These are the type of players I try and target. They're, they're players that their GMs are maybe getting a little ticked off. Like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? Oh, look at Nugent Hopkins. This guy's got seven points in his last four games, you know, and he's crushing on the power play. Would someone do that? I don't know. Mike these Greer, are the trades that you the, should put out. Mike Greer, the GM, new GM in San Jose, is also about to put his fingerprint on this team. And there's going to be a lot of moves coming out of the San Jose Sharks and pay attention because Timo Meyer, the last two reports I read top spot for Timo Meyer is the New Jersey devils. That's huge for his fantasy value. That's number one. And the the other spot, the other spot is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's coming from Elliot Friedman. That's not coming from my back pocket. So Timo Meyer is headed for a big time market. So I think, all of the pieces involved in San Jose and the fallout, you know, we got to be paying attention to. So if you're talking about trading right now, maybe on a guy who has that value, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Timo Meyer, could be absolutely huge if he heads to either of those markets. Make it happen. All right. Mm. Cool. Flip, what do you got, I man? Give me, give me. Oh, I would. How good would that be? Timo Meyer, I have him on a bunch of teams because for some reason he fell. Like, and he certainly falls in points leagues. He's mm. definitely a better category league player, mm-hmm. but he's been doing well in points leagues too. This guy's a stud, and I think mm-hmm. yeah, he gets he traded is. to one of those teams. Man, we're gonna see like blast off as long. As he's he gonna go beast. He's gonna go yeah. beast. I really do think, and he's not had that opportunity. To me, he's a big time player, and he hasn't had the big time minutes because he's playing in a Shark Tank and a team that's been irrelevant for forever. Maybe New Jersey isn't a relevant market, but they are in the standings. And oh my goodness, if you put him in blue and white in Toronto with some of those players, if you're a Timo Meyer fantasy owner, that's what you're praying for because his value then goes right through the roof. I'm running out of time here, so I'm going to go very quickly with my two guys because your explanation for who you're going to get to in the recently traded Bo Horvat, he's on my list as well. So I'll leave the breakdown for you, Blake, after I head off here. But Chandler Stevenson is a guy for me that, yeah, he had one good season last year, but I just don't like what I'm seeing right now from the Vegas Golden Knights in general. Mm -hmm. And I think they're about to go actually on a downturn. And maybe that's just because I'm close to the fantasy world, but not everyone might be buying into that. So Chandler Stevenson to me is a guy that has probably brought you a ton of value this year. 11 goals, 33 assists for 44 points. He gets some shots. His time on ice is creeping up there. 
The peripherals are okay as well. You know, he does chip in with a couple of hits here. To me, though, where he's at with the, with the points this year, Blake, you can sell high on this player because he is going to still bring some value. But to me, it might drop off. So maybe it's a hard sell for other guys who are going to think the same mm-hmm. way as me. But Chandler Stevenson, to me, is a guy who has overperformed the last year and a half. This guy is not that good. So thank yourself for having the points benefit of getting while you could out of him and bail on him. Now that's my second. And like I said, Bo Horvat for me, when you're going to break this down, Blake, he is the top sell high target aside from Eric Carlson because of all the reasons you're about to explain when you get to Bo Horvat. But thank you for having me on the show today, my friend. I really appreciate it. Dude, that is so awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, it's just a pleasure having you on. I, I really love what you guys are doing there. So thank you so much for making some time. Uh, definitely, everybody, go check out uh, the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. These guys are killing it. You're going to get your big-time bets. You're going to get all your news and all the fantasy-relevant stuff that you need. Flip, it's been a pleasure, my man. Blake, I appreciate that. Excited to have you back on your show, on our show. Anytime, happy to jump back on. Keep killing it. Keep grinding like you tell us to do. Just getting started, my friend. Keep at it. Let's do it. Let's get the biz. Thanks, buddy. Okay. We are back again. Thanks, Flip, so much. That's uh, that's awesome. I love having guests on here because they just they just increase the value that that we're getting out of here. It's not just my take; it's other people's takes. And and uh, one thing about Flip and uh, you know his co-host Steel Roden, these guys are uh, like I said, they're doing it five days a week. So they they are they're not just locked on; they're locked in. Right? These guys are constantly checking stuff. So uh, just a great resource. Definitely check out that podcast. And let's get the biz. I want to get into my last sell high. All right. And as Flip alluded to, it's big Bo Horvat. I hate to say this, but I've thought Bo Horvat is, is honestly, I talked about this with uh, Raj from the five hole fantasy hockey podcast that Bo Horvat to me is a sell high. And he still is. I think, I don't think he's this player moving forward, but let's get into it. Bo, you don't know Diddley. So, Delving into Bo Horvat, he's got uh, 54 points in 49 games. We know he's been crushing it. 31 goals, 23 assists, 18 power play points as well, including 11 goals. That's where he's he's doing some good work there. The Canucks power play is good. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's dialed in with those guys. And, you know, he has a lot of chemistry with that first power play unit. So it's been working really well for him. So let's look at season-wide numbers. Again, analytics that we've talked about. Uh, over the season, at even strength, he's 213th in shots on goal per 60, 360th in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 261st in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. And again, this is at even strength. So you can tell, like, he's not getting a ton of offense created at even strength, right? A lot of his work is done on the power play. So uh, now let's look at the last five games. Same metrics here. At even strength, the last five games. 395th in shots and goals. So even worse, 476th in individual Corsi, four per 60 and 460th in individual scoring chances, four per 60. Yikes. Bo, what are you doing? We thought you knew, but I don't know if Bo knows. We'll we'll have to figure that out. But, uh, and, and in that last five games too, he has five points, one goal and four assists, but all four assists came in one game. So that kind of bolsters that. So Honestly, without that game, he's it's not looking good, and the and the numbers, the analytics show that as well. So, let's dive in. Bo is going from a team with the 14th ranked power play. We know the Canucks power play is decent, right? And you know, middling along there, where he was a fixture on power play one to a team that is second worst in the league in power play in the Islanders. 
that's I mean, he's obviously going to improve. I think he's going to improve their power play, but you know, the pieces are a lot different. We got quite an offensive uh, team here in Vancouver, where the Islanders are a bit more, bit more grind, uh, grind line kind of stuff, you know. So um, it's going to be something to watch for sure. You know, I, I would think, I'm hoping for just for Bo Horvat's sake, like he slots in. I, I don't know. I'm looking at dailyfaceoff.com and they've got him on line one with Barzal moving to the wing, moving to right wings. So I'm not sure that the Islanders are going to do that. I think more likely that Bo Horvat will center the second line, but he'll likely center the top power play there. So um, we'll see. But I'll get into why I think Bo Horvat is a sell high. First off, just these, just these analytics show that a lot of his offense is coming from the power play and at even strength. And there's not a lot going on. So um, New York Islanders and Vancouver are very similar when it comes to scoring chances for and against. So that's a bit of a wash there. But one would think, as I said, he's going to slot into the power play one there. But his days of 20 minutes time on ice, his deployment there, that may be done. Because that's not something they really do on on the island there. So, um, you know, Barzell is clearly the best player on the aisles and he can't crack 19 minutes. Right. So who's Bohorvac going to play with? That's going to affect his deployment as well. Right. I think there are better offensive options on the Canucks than there are on the Islanders, but we'll see. Um, the other thing with Horvat, and again, it's common to all of these players that we've mentioned so far, um, the shooting percentage is out of hand. All right. And it doesn't seem sustainable. So to me, the other shoe is going to drop at some point and a move to the island may be the catalyst here. Bo Horvat, he's a great player in reality, no question, and he's been an absolute stud this season in fantasy. But I think that dream might be coming to an end. Honestly, I would try and move off of him and just avoid the headache of the rest of the season, him getting into that lineup, trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, you know, new systems, new teammates, right? There's, uh, sometimes players, they they just hit the ground running and they're good to go. I'm... I haven't seen enough from Bo Horvat to, to tell me that he's going to be this type of player. Because if we look at just his, his statistics over his career, I mean, he's on a 90-point pace this year. 90 points! What the? You know, last year he was on a 61-point pace. Um, you know, the highest ever point pace he's ever been on is 63. So something is cooking here for Bo Horvat this season. I think it's a contract year. <laughs> That's probably... He's going to get paid and good for this guy because he's, he's a beauty of a player. But yeah, his... His shooting percentage is out of hand. He's cook, He's cooking right now at 21.7%. You know, last season was his highest ever, and that was 16%. So I think that's going to regress down. So these goals are probably going to stop happening, right? He's on a new team. He's got to figure everything out. I just think now is the time, while Horvat still has this name, while he's this, you know, hot topic in the hockey world, see what you can do for him. See if you can move off of Horvat. Because um, I think... Um, you know, he's going to be a better fantasy option in the upcoming seasons for sure, but th- this season could could be a little dicey, right? He might be a version of this player now. A 70-point player is kind of what I think of Bo Horvat, but the luck metrics like shooting percentage have been really in his favor this year, and I think that's going to fall off. Okay? I hate to do it, Big Bo, but, you know, come on, buddy. It's, uh, and yeah, oh, man, what a trade, too. Like, that was a bit shocking yesterday. Um, I'm excited to see you know, Beauvillier here. And then um, Atu Ratu, uh, I've read a lot of good things about this kid. So uh, they're, they're sending him down to Abbotsford for kind of just some development. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, this had to be done. It's nice to get some return. It's a little underwhelming, the trade for sure. But, you know, wish Bo Horvath all the best. Uh, he's going to be a beauty. I, I, I'm I not confident the Islanders are going to lock him up. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but he's going to get paid. 
Um, and I do think he's not this fantasy player, this 90-point player. He's more of a 70, 75-point player ceiling, in my opinion. But things have been going his way, so that's great. Anywho, that is it for the Sell High Show. Uh, remember, uh, as we talked about, you don't have to move off these players, all right? The only reason to do so is if you can extract some value from the other fantasy managers, all right? So think about where you ranked players in the draft, you know, in draft season, right? Can you can you flip these players around up? You know, just just kick tires. But you know what I do when I when I want to do some trades, and maybe um, I am going to do a trade deadline show as well. You know, moving forward, and also before I get to that, I want to talk about just fantasy trades in general and how to sort of maximize our value there. But can you you look at where these players were drafted? Can you pick up a player that's maybe a buy low who is you know that you think is going to start hitting a little bit more? Um, you know, like the players we mentioned, right? Can you flip these players around up? Can you trade them? See what you can do. Put some offers out there. Let me know if anything lands. I would love to hear about it. So just at me on Twitter. Let me know if you can get something done. If not, just enjoy the sweet, sweet production. Okay? But that's it. Um, uh, that's really it for our, our show here. Again, I, I thank you so much to Flip for being on the show. You can find him and Steel Roden on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast Monday to Friday. Uh, make sure you head over there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that. They have YouTube as well. So sub these guys up, show them some love. And uh, hopefully you got something from this episode, okay? We are going to be back uh, with a Thursday or Friday show. Just uh, depends on when I can get to it. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary, necessary.